The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome to Ben Salem Baptist Church Livestream Devotional. Welcome to the Source of Truth podcast. We're glad you're with us on this Wednesday edition of our podcast, and we are so glad you've made a point to join us today. Whether you watch this live at 11, or whether you're watching this later or listening to this later, it is a privilege to be part of your day as we are just a couple days away from Christmas. Obviously, tomorrow's Christmas Eve. Uh, so I'm going to take this opportunity, especially if you're watching live or you are local. Um, to the southeastern part of Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia. We are in a suburb right outside Philly. And uh, so if you are a local and can get here, uh, tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, our Christmas Eve service, we'd love to invite you. It is an in-person service. Um, and people have asked about masks and things of that nature. We, uh, by mandate, we ask people to wear masks until they enter the building. Generally, once they get to their seats, uh, they, they can do whatever they want. We don't really make a big push. Once you enter, we will take your temperature, things of that nature. But once you're in, we, we leave it to you to make a decision. Uh, we do our best to social distance and things of that nature. We take all the precautions we can, but we do not mandate the mask the entire, this entire service. So, But we'd love to have you. I'd love to have you join us, as I believe we'll have room for you. Come as we take just a an hour to celebrate. It'll be a casual atmosphere. Uh, there's a great time to sing some of the Christmas carols, sing some new worship, some, some worship music, um, to a special time just for the children in the service. And so we look forward to that great time tomorrow night, starting at six, and then obviously we'll end with the candlelight portion of our service. So we look forward to it and hope you'll join us if you can. If you can't make it here and you're stuck at home for one of the many reasons, we encourage you to join us on our website at bensalembaptist.org or YouTube or Facebook. And uh, you can watch us that way, and we would absolutely enjoy having you join us that way as well. Uh, one quick thing mention is, remember, there is no devotional tomorrow on Friday. As a matter of fact, uh, there will be no devotional till next Wednesday. As I uh, go um, with Christmas break and everything going on, uh, Pastor Trevor will be taking over as of Wednesday for four days. And then when I get back from vacation, he will finalize, uh, he, uh, he will stop and I will take back over when we get back from vacation. And uh, so we're just going to, for the next few days, take a break from our daily devotional. And then coming back uh, next Wednesday, a week from today, Pastor Trevor will be starting back up with the devotional, and he will have it for four days, and then I will come back in. We hope you join us starting back next Wednesday, a week from today. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 2 as we conclude. Uh, we've been looking through several different aspects of the Christmas story, the Advent and uh, first coming of Jesus and all the different things, striving to look at it less from the point of view of the Christmas story, if you understand what I'm saying, from less of the point of view of how we have looked at it as, you know, the, the cultural part of it today and more of theologically, biblically, what, it, what did this really mean in, in the first coming and prophecy for us? And today we're going to finish with what I see more of a very practical aspect of towards the end of the account, we know that the, um, the wise men had just come to this house. Remember, Jesus was probably toddler at this point. The uh, if, um, star had actually moved over the house and had gotten into position to make it very clear which house it was supposed to be in. Um, the wise men come, they give the gifts. And then as you're getting ready to leave, what we're going to look at today is that because they'd gone to Herod, and Herod had become frightened because this just new king, Jesus, was going to threaten his throne, uh, he decides to massacre all these kids. He wants to find out where he is. Well, 
Uh, Wiseman, we're kind of supposed to go back and see Herod, and he's like, no, 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 don't do this. So that's, that's kind of what we're going to pick up in, in Matthew chapter 2. Uh, let's go to verse 12. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, uh, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be uh, thou there until I bring word. Um, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Jump back over to verse number 19 now, where it says, But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. So as we look at these passages, really what I wanted to look at is, number one, the, the same idea. God comes in a dream and advises and instructs the wise men to leave a different way so they cannot give away the location of Jesus. And then, at basically same time, comes to Joseph in a dream and says, you, you need to get out. You need to get out of town. You need to get over to Egypt. Uh, you need to completely out of there. Now, we know as we read this that there's a fulfillment of prophecy there. It's a fulfillment of prophecy where he says, out of, my, out of Egypt shall I call my son. And so it's another aspect, proof that Jesus is the Messiah. Later, they talk about he should be called the Nazarene. He moves to Nazareth. And, and so we see all of these different aspects that are happening. And again, God using another government circumstance. We know that God used the taxing to get um, Joseph to Bethlehem. And so he's there now, and now he's using another scary, really a fearful tactic of what was going to be a horrendous situation for the Hebrew people uh, to get Jesus out and move him to Egypt, and then again to move him to Galilee, back to Nazareth. And so we look at these scenarios, and we see that in scenarios where we think things are completely outside our control, what's going on in our life, God uses these things to continue to work his plan. Can we say that it was God's plan for Herod to kill babies? I wouldn't say that. What I can say is God knew the wickedness of Herod. God knew Herod would do that. Therefore, God intervened to make sure that his plan was still fulfilled, which I still believe he does today. God has given humankind a free will, and that includes government. Now, he has given them instructions on what they're supposed to do, and unfortunately, ultimate power corrupts, and the more people are in government, the less they follow anybody else. They, they feel they can do what they want, and so we, we've seen through human history of government ultimately becomes oppressive to the people. And, uh, and so, you know, throughout history, we've seen these different things. Unfortunately, we still enjoy freedom in our country where that's currently not happening. Uh, but uh, we, we can see how even circumstances that don't make sense to us, that see, they, they, God would never allow that. God is still using those things to fulfill his plan. So one of the things I want to say, we're actually going to, the message Sunday morning is on this. We're going to talk about finding God's voice and learning to hear God's voice in fearful times. When you think God's not listening, when you think God's not speaking, when you think God's maybe not even aware of what's happening, we realize that not only is God aware of what's happening, God is speaking and directing us in the midst of these times, just like he did to the wise men and then to Joseph twice. 
So as we see these things, we see that God is directing, he's speaking. And so Sunday we're going to talk about how do we recognize that voice? Why are, why us, maybe you say, why am I not recognizing that voice? What does that voice sound like? I believe to be a very helpful, practical message. I've enjoyed studying it out. It's been a huge help to me. And uh, so hopefully Sunday uh, you'll join us at 10. But I just want to take some, some thoughts from this this I wrote down to this morning as I was studying this out again and evaluating this. I didn't necessarily want to repeat what we're doing Sunday. But when we think about what we can just pull from this, here's a couple thoughts that I thought about this morning, praying over this and evaluating it. The first one is that God is aware of our circumstances. You know, God was aware of what was going on for the wise men. God was aware of what was going on for um, Joseph, and he moved supernaturally in a divine way to make sure that these, these, these situations were protected and that God's plan still fulfilled. Obviously, it was God's plan to fulfill, but he protected his people. Can I say it's, uh, it's important to be in the center of God's will, be right with God, be in the center of God's will, because that is where we're going to find the greatest amount of peace. That's where we're going to find the greatest amount of protection, uh, direction, clarity in our Christian journey. And if we want to kind of wander in our own life and walk away from God, he gives us the freedom to do that. Uh, but he doesn't promise direction. You, you think about the prodigal son when he ran away from home with, with half of his father's wealth. Um, the father didn't chase him down. I'll be honest with you, that as I evaluate that, that must have been really complicated. Remember the prodigal son's father, you know, he was the picture of God. He didn't chase him down. He didn't run down there and say, stop doing this, you're making bad decisions. He just sat there praying and hoping earnestly for his son to return. And it wasn't until the son, as the Bible said, came to himself, came home. But as he evaluated this, you know, he just sat and waited until the son was willing to make a decision to come back. God is not going to chase you down when you come and he loves you and he wants you to do this. He's going to let us make wrong decisions. So it's important for us to be the ones to stay in the presence of God, in the will of God. And when we do that and we stay in those scenarios, then what we find as we find that God's will is clearer, God's will, God's word is, is much more clear to us, his speakings to us. And again, Sunday we'll give a lot more detail on that. But I think to understand that God is aware of our circumstances. The second thought I wrote down is God's, does, God desires to protect and to guide us. In those circumstances, God desires to be clear. And just over the last couple of weeks, in our, in our home scenario, we have found you know, just a bunch of little things that happened. Uh, our, during one of the big storms a couple of weeks ago, our, our street flooded and flooded one of our cars. And uh, we thought it was gone. We thought it was completely told it ended up being minimal damage in comparison, which was repairable. Someone knocks on the door, we find out we got to replace all our siding. And, and honestly, I can look at what in my mind was an immense amount of money that was about to go out. And, and to be honest with you, the majority of it we didn't have in the bank. We weren't ready for it. It was a circumstance outside our control. And events have then worked as we sought God's will to find him work very specifically in these areas to resolve them all. God was aware of it. God, and he's used those things for his good and for our betterment, to be honest, when it's all said and done. He knows what he's doing and he knows the plan down the road. So he's going to use these things to help us see him and to see, let us see his glory and his power. And, and it did the personal nature. It was good for our entire family to see this. And, and I'm just grateful to see not the problems or not the circumstances, but God just clearly working through them. And I, I don't like to go through those circumstances, but if, if that's what it takes for me to see God's hand clearly, then that's what we do. That's what we go through. And that means whatever circumstance you're in, God desires to protect and guide you through those. And so we need to say, Lord, this, you, you, I'm here. I know you want me here because I'm here. And so it could honestly be that I have gone down a path and God has allowed circumstances to bring me home, graciously and lovingly bringing me home. 
Uh, he uses chastening if I refuse to follow that. Or it just could be that he's teaching me to prepare me and mold me to be more like the image of his son. That's a desire. But we, the third thing I wrote down, one, that God's aware of our circumstances. God desires to protect and guide him. That God is speaking at all times. We must be listening. It's our responsibility to be listening. James chapter 1, a very popular verse in this says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. But let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And when I look at this, I think of a couple of thoughts. So what do I do? Number one, I must recognize the context of the passage. He is speaking to the Jewish people in the midst of persecution. He said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse or numerous temptations, battles, struggles. So recognize this. So when we do, what do we see? Recognize, and I, I need, I have to recognize when I'm in need of wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. I can't gain wisdom unless I realize I need it. God's not going to force his wisdom down my throat. He's only going to give it to those who will accept it, number one, and are looking for it. Two, I must have faith in God, faith in the God of whom I am asking wisdom. He says, you know, you must ask in faith, nothing wavering. If a double-minded man is unstable. It's not even in the advice I'm given. It's in the God of whom I'm asking for advice. If I go and I say, God, I'm looking, he goes, here's the answer. I said, you know what? I don't like that, God. I don't trust him because I'm not trusting his advice. Well, I'm not going to receive the wisdom. I must follow the wisdom. I must follow the wisdom. So I, I need, I, have, I know I need it. I go to God and when he gives it, I have to follow it. And trust me, the reason I'm missing wisdom also is sometimes the reason I struggle following the wisdom. It doesn't make sense, humanly speaking, and it doesn't have to make sense, humanly speaking. It needs to make sense to him, and that's faith. This is where faith, I step in in faith, and this is where faith becomes real. Uh, faith without works is dead. Faith that does not drive me to follow and act is not real faith. Then I must accept that not doing the things just mentioned before means I will not receive any wisdom. Catch this phrase in verse 7. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. Yes, God clearly stated refusal to follow the simple principles of Scripture simply means you cannot expect to receive, in this case, any wisdom, any guidance, anything from God. Don't get, here's what he's saying, we don't get, can't get frustrated at God when we, we won't read the Bible, we won't pray, we won't go to church, we won't get right with God, we won't do these things, but then our life is struggling. Well, of course it is, because we are not in a place where God can or will choose to bless. I must be in that place where God can guide and direct in his will. I choose to walk away like the prodigal son. I can go, and he's going to allow life to follow. And so I need to be the one to come back and in those places. So if I'm not going to acknowledge my need, I'm not gonna have faith in God that he'll do it and follow the wisdom. He says that let that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord because a double-minded man is unstable. And that's something when I look at, when I think of these, these two scenarios with the wise men and Joseph and how God gave them wisdom, obviously they were in the center of God's will. Joseph gets right up right away and takes off for Egypt, comes back by the command of God, comes back to Israel by another command, moves. Often wonder why there were two. God knew what was coming. God walks us through to help us to see things that we need to see in these scenarios. And I hope you'll learn that in these crazy times that we find ourselves in, these uncertain times, can I tell you, that um, God is still speaking. And in fact, I think if we're willing to listen, he's probably speaking more clearly than he ever has. We need to be in the place where we can hear. 
And let me encourage you to do that. Maybe you need to get saved. Maybe you need to get right with God. Maybe you just need to stay where you are. And God is speaking, or he's about to, and you just need to stay until he does. Stay close to God. Stay, as that one guy said, in the war room. Stay close. Allow God to speak. And he will guide you if you're ready to be ready to hear and ready to follow. And may that be your great desire. I hope you'll join us Sunday as we delve even more into this on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. I think it'd be a great time. Please remember, if you weren't here right at the beginning of this devotional, um, that there will be no devotional be t- really for another week. Tomorrow, Friday, Monday, and Tuesday, there will be no devotional. And then I really wanted to get ahead recording devotionals, but I just was unable to do it. So there'll be nothing for the next four days. And then a week from today, next Wednesday, Pastor Trevor, while I'll be on vacation, he will be taking over as he gets back from vacation. He will have devotionals for four days, Wednesday through uh, the Tuesday, I think Monday or Tuesday, and Monday. And then I'll be back that Tuesday. And then I will pick back up and come back in and continue where we uh, with a new study coming back at that point. So I hope uh, for the next week, hope you enjoyed time with your family. And uh, when one week from today, we'll be back online, back live, and back hopefully bringing encouragement from God's word. And we hope you'll join us, invite friends. Hope to see you tonight, uh, tomorrow night at 6 for the Christmas Eve service or Sunday at 10. We love you. Hope you have a great Merry Christmas, a great time with family if you can. And uh, we trust that God will continue to encourage you during these times. We love you. Hope you have a great Christmas and a great rest of the week.